0: Hey, real quick, before we start the show, uh, there is a curse
1: word in the credits. You've been warned. Let's get to the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery P- P- Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. <laughs> I have guarantees you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Badatcha, hostil, shot like Team field to Mane, 25 yards out, lovely ball for Pella,
2: onside, 1-0! The fast shot! Oh my word! It
1: was unbelievable, he ran around the bit, but like Bambi on ice, it was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, your, now, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. And available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you enjoyed the FA Cup weekend that was. Saints, of course, got through unscathed uh, past a Huddersfield team that we drew with at the end of last season, but that is not the focus of this week's episode. This week's episode also takes a look at the FA Cup, but from a different perspective and a different team entirely. Uh, And this week, I am lucky enough to be joined by two members of the Southampton Women's Football Club, Lauren Clark, a midfielder, and Aaron Bloomfield, a striker, who joined me ahead of their clash with West Bromwich Albion's women's team uh, on Sunday, which uh, they got through. Uh, We didn't know that at the time uh, when we spoke, but both Lauren and Aaron played uh, their part in a match. Aaron got the breakthrough goal. She actually got a brace on the day, uh, and it was enough to see the team through to the next round where they drew Crystal Palace Lady. So uh, once again, that's another team from uh, a couple of leagues above them that they will be hosting uh, at Romsey Town FC. So you can uh, you can go and watch the next round of the Cup uh, on the 26th of January on that weekend. So um, stay tuned for announcements of that sort so you can go down and support the team. But um, before we get to any of that, just want to say special thanks to Lauren and to Aaron for taking time out of their days to speak with me. Uh, we got to talk about a lot of things. We got to talk about uh, their past and future kind of commitments in the United States coming over and playing, uh, for a college team in the United States and what that's like. Um, we look at their past careers in England, uh, and we talk about the season that Southampton women's football club is having currently. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk with members of the Southampton women's football club. And I want to take a second to say thank you to Haley Newman, who is the media director at the Southampton women's football club for doing something to me that I think is it's so great because she's who I talked to to set up these interviews. And this week she did something very, very special. She gave me not only a Liverpool supporter, but also a Portsmouth supporter and, and just brought them together for me to talk to all on a podcast about Southampton. So uh, thank you, Haley, who is also a Portsmouth supporter. I'm outing her now because she's done this to me. Um, but anyway, uh, besides the fact that Lauren and Aaron support, uh, those awful teams. Uh, we are here talking about their performance and luckily we don't have to talk about the other stuff too much. So uh, anyway, thanks to Lauren and Aaron and Haley for everything they've done. Uh, and if you are interested in sponsoring any of the players or the coaching staff, or just the team in general, uh, there are links in the show notes that will help you do that. Uh Southampton women's relies on sponsorships for the players and the coaching staff in order to make sure that the season uh, and, and the team continues to exist. So uh, please reach out to Amanda Burroughs, the clip secretary, if you are interested in that. Once again, there are links in the show notes below. Um, but enough of that. Let's get to the, the chat, the interviews, uh, and hopefully that you enjoy it. And as I said before, if you are available and around the area, please reach out and support the team. Uh, On the 26th, on the weekend of the 26th, um, when they host Crystal Palace Ladies, uh, that will be another big match and another tough test for them. So uh, with all that said, let's get to the show. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you on the other side. Welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Two players from the Southampton Women's Football Club. We have Lauren Clark and Aaron Bloomfield joining us this week um ladies welcome to the show and thanks for giving me the some time to come on and chat about you and the season and and everything else in between
0: thank you no worries thanks yeah. Having us.
1: yeah um so i I contacted Haley and, and she put you in touch i don't know if you volunteered or were told or were voluntold what, what was going to happen but i appreciate <laughs> it um and and we're going to walk through the season a little bit walk through your careers as well uh just as people as you kind of kick off this this part of the season after kind of getting rained out a bunch of times a little bit and um, you have a big match coming up on Sunday, and this will come out after that. So hopefully, we have a, a good result to, to look at, to look back on there. But um, I just want to start, just just really kind of getting to know uh, each of you. Lauren, we'll we'll start with you. What was sport like growing up for you and your family? Were everybody was everybody kind of involved in sport, or did you have uh, was it just you? Or, or how did how did you first get involved in, in maybe watching and playing sports growing up?
0: Yeah, so my dad's always been involved in um, playing and coaching football, so I kind of got into football that way, and my twin brother as well. So I kind of started playing with him um, for the boys' teams, and then as I got to about 11 years old, I joined a girls' team um, and started playing, and then my dad actually took over and was the manager, so I played under him for... Seven years until I was eighteen. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, made some really good friends that I'm still in contact with now. Um, and then I went out to America when I was eighteen, um, and got a scholarship. So yeah, it was a really good experience.
1: And, and where did you where did you head into in America when you came over?
0: Uh, Nebraska.
1: Okay. How so, did you find how did you find the the weather and in, in your time in Nebraska?
0: <laughs> so when I first went out there, it was very very hot. I um, wasn't really used to that and our pre-season trip was in Texas, South Padre, so it was very, very hot, I found it very difficult, I'm not going to lie, um, but uh, pre-season training every day, even twice a day, kind of got used to it, I didn't really have any choice, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, no, I loved it out there, obviously, really hot in the summer, but also really, really cold in the winter.
1: Yeah, was it a bit of a culture shock for you coming from England, heading over to and landing a really smack dab in the middle of America?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then, Aaron, what about you? What was what was your life like uh, growing up in terms of playing sport? Were you always involved, or did you come to it later? How did you How did you get involved with it?
2: I started playing when I was around nine. Actually, it came around with I used to be friends with a lot of the boys in my class in primary school. I used to play on the playground and. And one day, one of the boys turned around to me and said that I should come join there or give it a go at their local club. And um, I went down there, and the coaches were great. They'd never really had a girl footballer at such a young age join the club, so they welcomed me really well. I then stayed playing football in boys' teams until I was 16. And from there, I loved it then throughout the the years in the boys' league. And then when I turned 16, I joined the Oval Academy. We were at that time in the Women's Super League. And a few weeks after joining them, I then joined their first team and played for them for a season and a half. And then that's how I ended up at Southampton.
1: Okay. All right. And I mean, this seems to be a pretty normal route is is you wind up playing with the boys up until a certain age and then you, you switch over um, to, to playing on, on an all-girls side. But did was that transition difficult for either of you or did you find it to be just you're still playing the same game and it's the same thing? You're just... Now you're playing against all 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 women instead.
2: For me personally, I found the boy the boys' league even at under sixteens is really physical. You've got to be really quick on the ball and think tactically and technically be really be really good because and the boys at such a young age physically they become so they become so much bigger and that's just a natural natural part of life. But that's why I think that playing in the boys' league for uh, what, seven years really helped me transition into women's football a lot easier than it would have been if I'd just played women's football.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably helped in the long run playing with the boys. Like Erin said, physically they're a lot stronger and the games can be a little bit quicker. So moving into the women's game at the same age as Erin at, what, 16 kind of um, helped us to be where we are now.
1: In it seems like a lot of players that have played for Southampton women's have played for, for boys teams kind of growing up. Is that because there's a lack of, of all girls uh, teams to play for or or what? do you have any idea why that is?
2: Um, around my area when I was younger, there was only really one girls team and still then the league was quite uh, short. There wasn't a lot of teams. I think that's changed a lot nowadays. Also the fact that I was friends with a lot of the boys, so I didn't really look for girls' teams. But I think nowadays it's a lot more um, frequent that girls are joining all girls' teams a lot younger.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when, when we were younger, there probably wasn't as many competitive teams um, to be a part of. So I think it's definitely changed now. There are a lot more opportunities for the girls to play at a compa- competitive level at a young age.
1: Uh, Lauren, when, when I interested, when you came over to America, did you notice, was there a big difference between how the the game is played here and, and in England versus, I mean, beyond just us calling it soccer and, and probably you have them <laughs> making fun of you for, for calling it football a little bit, or, or, I mean, was it, was, was the game itself different? Cause I know sometimes the collegiate rules are a bit different than some of the rules that are in England and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Some of the rules were a bit different, like your overtime. Um, like Golden Goal, obviously that's very different to how it is here. Um, So that was a little bit to get used to. And um, the football-wise, I think it was a lot more athletic and fitness was a huge um, factor in the game in America. Whereas in England, I feel it's a little bit more um, like technical and tactical. Uh, And I'm not saying that there's no technical technical or tactical aspect in America. But Um, a lot of the girls were very very fit compared to um, girls here that might be uh, technically stronger
1: yeah I I think that that runs across um, sports uh, here in America and sometimes you see even players that play for the the men's teams and and MLS level and everything else that America emphasizes the the physicality and and things like that I think more so than um, some of the other places around the world and that it's 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 both a uh, you know it makes American football fun to watch, but it also maybe holds us back sometimes when you get into you need some of the technical skills that that we don't develop maybe quite as much. But I think that's that's also starting to change a little bit. Um, yeah. I know that that we spend a, a lot more time now. Um, like just when I watch the girls train at, at school, they they are spending more time doing technical drills than they than they used to. Where they used to just run a lot of sprints and lift a lot of weights and and be able to just run, uh, yeah, you know, forever. So
0: no, I thought. It definitely helped my game because I'm training every day or twice a day uh, throughout pre-season and kind of gets you prepared for the tough season ahead. Um, And I think that was another thing I had to get used to was the seasons in America were a lot shorter. So we had two or three games a week, whereas now we only have, well, we have training twice a week and then a game on a Sunday. Um, So yeah, kind of, Impact of three games a week um, took a little bit to get used to
1: as well. Yeah, they I think they just are, are putting something in place. They're trying to change that. They're trying, they're trying to spread the season out now. But uh, I know that that's been a, a kind of a, a critique of, of the college game here because because you play such a short season and because you have two or three matches a week, you don't have time to do all of the technical stuff. It's mostly just make sure you're fit enough to make make it through the whole season. And so uh, yeah. hopefully that 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 works out a little bit. Um, but I want to go back real quick uh, to 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 growing up. And um, Aaron, when when you were growing up, did your family all watch football, and did they support one particular team, or is your kind of family rivalry or family um, dynamic split amongst teams? Or how did that work for you growing up?
2: Uh, growing up, none of my family actually played football, but they were all big supporters, and um, but we're all kind of we all support the same team, which is Liverpool. Okay. And yeah, we're pretty much a household of Liverpool supporters.
1: Okay. And and did you grow up? um i guess uh, up north or did you grow up kind of down in in the, no. on the south coast
2: yeah i grew up in the, in the south um yeah so that was that was good yeah
1: uh, and, and lauren what about you
0: yeah we my family all supported the same team um as well so there was no rivalries in the family
1: <laughs> you don't support portsmouth do you
0: yeah i didn't want to mention it oh because...
1: it's okay it's okay i think <laughs> i saw something on your twitter feed but it's, 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 it's all right uh, <laughs> i know Haley does too so that's it's, it's fair enough. We won't, we don't have to talk about it that much. Um, so I'm glad there was no rivalry, uh, in, in either of your households, cause that can be uh, a little, uh, it can get in the way. Um, my family, my wife and I support one American baseball team and my kids support another. And then the team that my wife and I support just has been found to be having cheated, uh, in, in the, the world series a couple of years ago against the team, my, my kids support. So it hasn't been great um but we'll we'll get over it eventually or they will because we we're still champions um but um yeah so aaron i guess uh you know congratulations to you on having the uh you know i guess the the world club cup or i think that's what it's called and yeah. also the you know the champions league it's a big deal and and i'm sure you've seen many yeah. of the the players pass through uh, the south coast and and head on up there and uh it was fun to watch them while they were here and they're still fun to watch i just don't like them uh, quite as much. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Um, it's been a good year. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it has been. It's it's been. Uh, I keep waiting for for Liverpool to slip up. Just just kind of hoping like somebody at least makes it interesting. But I I don't I can't I can't be mad at you for for supporting them. Um, do you have any idea like how your family became Liverpool supporters? Just as out of curiosity.
2: Um, I think it was really my dad. I think at the time when they had players such as Robbie Fowler, Ian Rush, and. You know, great players like that. Stephen Jarrell coming through and they were just known as one of the best teams in the world. They, that's when he was pretty much a glory supporter.
1: And then he had to follow them through all the years where they, they didn't win anything. Yeah. And now you're, you're coming exactly. back into it. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, and, and Lauren, I guess just for your, the, the team you support, I mean, how, how have you found it kind of with the team kind of, you know, going through a period of, of, of struggling and, and I mean, just. I don't want to say the rivalry on the South Coast, but just all of the, everything that's gone on with the club, like how has it been to support the team through kind of maybe a a downtime versus, you know, when you were um, younger and they were, I guess, you know, uh, I guess just more successful.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's been a lot of up and downs over the years. Um, As I'm sure you as a Southampton fan has uh, looked back at and probably laughed about. Um, But yeah, it's it's tough, but, Obviously the fans owned the club for a while and kept the club going and then um got the new um new guy and in that invested a lot of money and just kind of kept the club going and last year had a good season and kind of unlucky at going up but we'll see, you never know what happens with
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um I, I can tell you that when the teams played earlier this year, I that was the most nervous I had ever been before southampton played. uh i had i was a mess all day at work i couldn't concentrate um and i just i normally i'd be okay with because the the games kick off midday here and i was i would normally be okay with seeing the score and going home and watching the game and knowing the score or whatever but uh i'm i just basically blocked everything all day didn't look at the internet um basically ran home like a little kid after school like turned the match on as soon mm-hmm. as i got home didn't say hi to my family just watched the match oh. and um uh, obviously a better result for us than you, but, um, yeah. it, it, it was, uh, that was something I had looked forward to for so long. And that's, that was the first one I've ever been able to watch. So, um, anyway, uh, I I guess growing up or even as, 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 an adult, do you have any moments as a fan that kind of stick out to you that, that you remember, whether it's club football or, or international football or the women's world cup or anything like anything that sticks out in your mind as being like a kind of a pivotal moment in, in, in growing up around and watching football?
0: I think the um, 2012 Olympics for the Great Britain team um, really gave um, English football kind of a rise that it needed to prove to um, like fans that maybe only watch men's football that women's football is on the rise and um, they have actually done a lot better <laughs> than the men's have over the years, but they don't get the publicity that maybe they deserve.
1: And Aaron, what, what about you?
0: For me, it would probably be, personally, I think
2: one of the points where I was watching football. I went to watch Liverpool at Anfield. And it's unfortunately the only time I've got to see them. But um, I got to watch some of my favourite players play. And the way they played, I think it really inspired me to carry on. And this was at a time when people were like Suarez, the, the club, and they beat Norwich 5-1. So that was a good day for me but it showed me the kind of football that I, I want to play when I'm older.
1: And has it had an influence on as to how you approach the game?
2: Definitely. I think it showed that there was, there were so many different kinds of things that I didn't realize about football before I went and actually watched the match live. I think you can never really tell the atmosphere in a stadium unless you've been to one and unless you've been to a big game like that. I think it made me, it inspired me and pushed me because I, I want to play in stadiums like that when I was older. So I think that really motivated
1: me to keep playing. All right, all right. Um, we kind of talked briefly about about how you arrived at at Southampton, Lauren. As you came back from the states, how how did you wind up at, at Southampton? Did you did you play all four years here in the states, and then and then go back, or how did, how did that work out?
0: Um, yes, yeah, so I played all four years um, out in the states. I actually had another year of eligibility because I tore my ACL out there. Um, but I decided to return to England because I had finished my degree. Um, and then when I returned, I actually played for Watford for a season. Um, and then uh, the travelling um, got a little bit too much for me. Um, so I turned back to trying to play local and, and there was a lot more teams um, kind of available for me to play for. Um, so then I actually had... I had about a season out, I was just a little bit burnt out um, I just started a new job and I actually didn't play football for a year. Um, and then Aaron Smith, the manager, the current manager of Southampton actually got in contact with me and he was um, the manager at Chichester at the time uh, and he asked me if I wanted to come along to pre-season and see what, what it was like so I went and played for them for a season um so that was last last season played for them um and then Aaron moved to Southampton so I decided to move to Southampton with him and a couple of um other players from Chichester um so yeah that's how I ended up here.
1: yeah and then and then Aaron what about you did you you landed in the first team but what was it you know, did you did you also have a relationship with with Aaron before he was at Southampton, or how did how did you find your um, way to, to 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 Southampton?
2: No, so I've recently joined this season. I joined a, a few months ago. Um, it came around. I was playing for the you local know, ladies, and I decided that the best move for me would be to to find another club in order for me to personally get the most out of my last season in England. Because in August, I'm also heading over to America. Um. And so I, I was looking around and I had a few other clubs contact me and I spoke to a few of the managers and then I spoke, spoke to Aaron and decided that I really liked his, his style of coaching, the way, the way the girls trained, how seriously they took it and how much they all wanted the same goals within the team. And then from there, I decided that Southampton was going to be the club that I'd like to join until the end of the season.
1: Okay. All right. And, and whereabouts in America are you headed? Um, Alabama, Alabama. What is Mm. it? I mean, you, Nebraska and Alabama that if I had to say like, um, you know, Hey, come to America, you probably wouldn't book a vacation to either of those places, right? Not,
2: not typically.
1: No, nothing, nothing against those places, but like most people come to like, you know, they go to Florida, they go to New York city, they go, you know, they come to California. Um, we, we send our, our high school sends a lot of, of girls, uh, to a very small college in the Midwest as well. And, uh, the kids yeah. come back and they're like it was is where we grew up is kind of uh or where i grew up is is much different than than what people yeah uh are, are we are going to witness there but um i mean i i guess i would i would just give you the warning it's going to be very hot it's going to be very humid um and american football yeah. is going to be a huge huge part of your uh you're going to be just inundated with with all of that so i hope i hope that you enjoy the experience and um, it, you I'm know, sure. I, I, I'm sure you will, and it'll, it'll be great. But um, where, what, what college are you are you headed to? Troy. Troy. Oh wow! Well, congratulations on on getting into to that. That's gonna be it's gonna be great. Thank you. Um. So yeah, I are you, I, I assume you're excited about that.
2: Yes, definitely. I visited there in the summer, um, along with a few other places I visited, and I, I loved Troy. It was great, and their facilities and just everything they had there. I really enjoyed the whole experience of being there.
1: And then, be, because the, the the schooling system is slightly different in England versus the United States, are mm-hmm. you coming in as a as a freshman over here, or are you yeah. are you transferring in as a as a junior?
2: No, I'm coming in as a
1: freshman. All right, so four years of eligibility, uh, yeah. And, and uh, that would be great. It'd be, be a, a good time. Um, and and once again, I do not hate the South. So I'm sure I will get hate mail <laughs> a little bit, but it's, as somebody yeah. from California, that's and, and I'm an LSU fan as well. So like that's they they won't talk to me now. It's fine. Um, So anyway, um, I I guess you you mentioned uh, kind of the the goals of the team and coming into Southampton, I guess both of you coming in this season. uh, What's the welcome been like from the rest of the team and and how clear was it that the team had a a specific goal and that Aaron had a vision for the team uh, going forward?
0: I think uh, coming in new at, at this team and Aaron coming in, he made it very clear on kind of what his goals were um, as a team and that was to fight for promotion um, because Southampton have been very, very close for a number of years and I think he, Aaron wanted to bring in players, um, to join the current players, bring them together to fight for promotion and yeah, maybe so far hasn't gone um, as expected or... We've lost points which maybe we shouldn't have. We're still playing football how we want to and um, I think that's, that's all we can ask for as players and kind of our manager and coaches as well.
2: Definitely, I agree with what Laurence just said. We all know that we, were, we are fighting for promotion and that we, we still have the opportunity to be promoted so we're all still working hard to, to reach that goal.
1: Yeah, and, and it is such a difficult thing because for some of the listeners that may maybe haven't listened to to past Southampton women's episodes, it's you you only get one team promoted out of the division. So it becomes extremely um tough to to do that. And you wind up really just just you know, i i I guess every match is so stressful, every goal is so stressful and um and yeah. in the last couple of seasons Southampton have been so close um mm-hmm. and then kind of been denied. Um and, and and hopefully, you know, you guys are able to to, to make that happen this, this season. Uh, you currently sit second in the table. Um, and, and you mentioned drop points. But, I mean, overall, I, I think that, that a lot of the, I think most of the season, you guys have played really well. And maybe it's just, I mean, from my perspective sitting here, uh, it's been, you know, one or two individual errors maybe. Uh, or just a, a simple breakdown, or maybe just not being able to to be clinical enough in front of goal. But what, what would you say has been the biggest kind of, um, I guess, what's been holding you back from from getting all of those points each and every week and, and taking nothing away from the opposition that you've played? Because I I know that uh, a lot of the opposition is extremely tough and extremely competitive. Um, but, but what would you say would be the, the thing that maybe has, has been holding you guys back so far?
0: Um, I don't think we can pinpoint... Directly one thing, I think it's probably a combination of things, maybe, um, individual errors, um, that have cost, say, a one-on-one with a goalkeeper and they've been clinical in front of goal, but also we create a lot of chances week in, week out, and I think it might come down to sometimes that we're not, we're not scoring, but it's all over the pitch, like I said, I don't think we can pinpoint directly one thing. Um, just on the day, maybe it's just not been our day, and like you said, um, we're not going to take the credit away from this because there are some, um, there are some good teams in this league.
1: Yeah, and and I didn't uh, just want to clarify. I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to put that on 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 anybody at all. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> It also seems like you guys are involved in in multiple competitions like there as I look through the the schedule and the results this seems to be four I think four or five different kind of competitions that you've been involved in. Is that difficult to deal with since you're playing opposition from kind of all over the place and you know up up until this season I mean you know look at the Premier League they've played 20-21 matches um, and you guys started about the same time and have only played eight league matches. Is that does that get frustrating for you or is is it just kind of the way it goes and you just play the games and doesn't matter the competition that it's in
2: um i think we just play the games i think we don't really look at well we obviously look and analyze the opposition that we're playing and we we set out our side to play against that team but as a team since i've been there we we don't fear the opposition or who they are what league they're in we always go out with the mindset. we can win any game we play as long as we play the way we know we can. And especially the way we play in training and what we've been working on if we just listen to the coaches, uh, we believe that we can go out there and, and win against any opposition that we're we're faced against.
1: So, I mean, we talked a little bit about, about team goals and things like that, but but for, for you two, did you have kind of personal goals coming into the season? Um, I know, Aaron, you kind of mentioned that you're gonna be going over to the United States so you wanted to make sure you were ready for that. Uh was yeah. there anything else that you kind of set aside or set out that was going to be uh like like something you wanted to make sure you would you'd accomplish this season or, or or do you do that going into each and every season?
2: I did this season personally, but this season's been there's been a lot of unexpected changes. At the start of the season I I had no idea that I would be changing teams. So when I joined Southampton, I think my main goal was to Really focus on my on my development and working within a team and getting a lot of minutes on the pitch and and when I went to Southampton, having the best possible impact and helping them with their goals before as much as I could before I left for America. So one, although I had a lot of personal targets to you know get back on the score sheet, get back in form and my fitness up again, but I was mainly focused on the team's the team's goals of getting promoted
1: and Lauren, what about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, mine are pretty similar to um Erin as well. Um, knowing that Southampton have been pushing for promotion for a couple of years, that hopefully, um hopefully I could help help them doing that. Um even though we're sat second I think we've still got still got a good chance of um, of doing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, you know, the Southampton um uh, FC women's is is sitting there at the top of the table and um if there was i i you you neither of you were playing for the team a couple of seasons ago when they kind of uh i don't say want to say were created but came about and um i know it upset uh, some of the listeners of this show that kind of split the fan base in terms of some some people already had they already supported Southampton um women's and then some people kind yeah. of started supporting the Saints team once they were there and that's I know it's been a, a a point of contention for for some fans, but um, you you've played them already this season, correct? Yeah. And I guess just to ask, is there a, is there a difference in the level of competition does, when you when you face them versus some of the other teams? Is it is it a definite rivalry since you are from the same city essentially? And um, you know, well, I guess both of you um, not being Saints fans, maybe is there is there added spice to that to that? Uh, oh. A contest.
0: I think there was definitely a rivalry uh, during that game, just to being both from the south and both um, being being Southampton. I think um, there was a rivalry, but I think it just came down to wanting to win, win the game, and uh, prove he was um, worthy of winning winning the league. And even though we came out as a draw, it was a very very even game, um, and even though they're set at the top of some points. I think, um, when we play them again in February, it'll be very interesting because I think a lot has changed within both of the teams. Right.
1: Um, I I guess with both of you coming into, into the team and maybe having, uh, a result or two not go the way that you would have wanted. Um, how have you found kind of the, the leadership of the team? You guys are at, at slightly different points in your career. You know, one of you has come back from America when he was going, um, but but how have you found kind of the structure that was, that's was that been in place, whether it's been put there by Aaron or by some of the other ladies who are already on the team? Uh, how you have you found kind of the leadership and the structure of the team and, and has it helped you, do you think, to this point uh, in the season?
2: Well, for me, I think the leadership in the team, I, I don't think it is just with, Aaron, obviously, is the manager, but there's people like um, Lauren Cheshire and, and Kelly, who who are the captains, and they they take a lot of responsibility on and off the pitch as well. They're always there to help you if you need anything. They're always leading you, whether that be in training or in the match, and, and trying to guide you and, and help me, especially as a young player, improve. I've still got so much to learn within the game. But then Aaron... Uh, he's been a great help as well with has being here. He'll always be trying to improve you and during training, uh, he'll, whether that be pulling me aside and telling me, you know, what I've done well, but what I need to improve on and taking out just the five minutes to help, help me improve on that and help me understand how I, how I can improve on it, um, has been really helpful. So again, the leadership, however, isn't just the attachment as well. I think all the girls are really, really wanting to push, push each other and, and you know guide each other on and off the pitch
0: yeah I definitely agree with what um, Erin's just said it's not just just the manager and the coaches um, that'll spend a lot of time um, on their own time planning sessions and um, making sure that everything's in place it's also uh, our captains but also all the other girls on the pitch as well
1: so with the season kind of underway and and, uh, things like that the Looking forward to the rest of the season, you have i would think just just still over half your season left to go um you you obviously have goals of of wanting to achieve promotion and, and fight for that place um what how important is uh you know we you have a, a cup competition coming up and this this will be out after the result is already there but i mean how how important um and, and how much of a focus is are the cup competitions amongst the team as well and I guess you know in Sometimes we see teams that F- the FA Cup will be on this weekend in across England, and that will be um, for both the men's and women's teams. We'll likely see Southampton, for instance, rotate its players pretty heavily. Um, how much rotation is there for a cup competition for you, or is it generally the same 11 uh, or a similar 11 that go out and play each and every week because you only play one match a week typically? Um,
0: the, team, the team kind of stays similar um, each week. There might be a couple of players that rotate in, but... Um normally it's, like you said, we only play one, one game a week. So even though we have training we still give our bodies enough time to recover and ready to play 90 minutes on Sunday.
1: Um, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, about the, uh, the upcoming uh, FA cup match. And, and, and for you, uh, I mean, as a, I, I grew up playing baseball and for me, uh, baseball players are notoriously kind of superstitious and, and i was much the same way but um do i guess we'll, we'll start with you uh lauren what what were kind of your i guess your do you have any match day kind of routines that you have to do that you try to do every each and every week before you play a, a typical sunday match or does it start on saturday night because sometimes people have certain things they like to eat the night before or do the night before but uh for you like what what's your kind of match day routine uh leading up to 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 a sunday match
0: yeah so i'm um... Saturday evening, I always like to get my, uh, not my kit, but my training training stuff out that I went to the game. I don't know why. I just like to get it out and fold it um, so that when I get up, it's all ready and I know that I've got everything there. Um, and then Sunday morning, um, I normally, it's not normally something I always have for breakfast, but before, before I go to, um, to the game, I always make my tomato pasta. And I make sure that I eat that um, before my game. Um, that's kind of the only victories
1: that I have. What about you, Aaron?
0: Um, I can't say I have a lot. I think
2: I need to listen to good music before the match. That, that is something I always do. I have, a, I have a match day playlist that I always listen to. And apart from that, I, I, I can't say uh, I have many, actually. No, I, I don't think I have any except from that.
1: See, I was, I always had, everything has to be kind of just right. And it got really bad at one point where it was like, if everything wasn't just right, like I would just be like, oh, today's, today's ruined, you know, and that's not great. And my brother's the exact opposite. My brother could wake up, you know, five minutes before we were supposed to be somewhere and, and look terrible, feel terrible, whatever, and show up and play better than me. And that was always really frustrating as a, as somebody who put in a lot of time training and, and my brother always not, didn't always do that. Um, and, and not to say that he didn't train at all, but those were just, we're very, very different. So I understand, yeah. um, the, the, not, the, not routine, um, uh, thing. I just, I don't, I don't I don't, I couldn't do it. I, I still, even now, um, I get, uh, my games are typically they start at 9am on a Saturday. So it's like just after the premier league games are over, like we're down there and, and going and I have yeah. to have the same routine. And if there's ever, you know, sometimes there's 12 minutes of extra time or whatever. And it's just like, I you know, today, today is ruined because now, now my whole routine is off, but that's, that's okay. Um, (laughs) it is what it is. Um, you mentioned music. Um, now when you're on your way to the match, do you keep that music on? And what about if you're with, uh, you know, sometimes for the away matches, I know this year, you guys are traveling together, uh, or trying to as much as possible, but, um, what happens to the playlist then? Are you in charge of the playlist for the whole team or, or do you, Uh, do you have some influence over whoever does or how does that work?
2: So on the way there in the bus, I'll pretty much have my headphones on. Not all the time, obviously, but just before we get there, a few minutes before, I'll put my headphones on and listen to some of our music. And then when we get there, I tend to, I tend to take over the speaker in the changing room a lot. Yeah. Um, you do. <laughs> not to the whole team's um, excitement, but yeah, I, I find it funny and I, and I put on some, some good music for the that time to listen cool.
0: to. That was probably the first thing you done when you joined the team. Yeah, I
2: think we show them some good music.
1: You're like, look, I'm here. Also, listen yeah. to this.
0: It's what
2: you've been waiting for.
1: Yeah what what's what's on the playlist?
2: Oh, I can't reveal all my secrets, but there's there's a bit of Kanye West on there. It's it's all the different genres, really. Yeah. I don't have a bit the same. I mix it up. All right. A bit of rudimental.
1: Okay. Well, so far I, I know I at least can identify the artist you're speaking of. Um, I do like Kanye. West. I like both of those actually. I think that that's good. Um, my wife and I disagree on music a lot. Um, and she was trying to have me help her put together a play this for a work Christmas party. And I was like, you don't want me to help you cause it's not going to go well. Um, <laughs> and I did manage just to squeeze a few songs on there that people, it just, um, it's not good part. It's not a great party music. Like my brother and I really enjoyed it, but it, it'll, it'll basically have everybody else just get off the dance floor, which is not what you want. um, so, um, I guess Lauren, would you would you say there's any any uh some some of the music choices? Would you say would you agree with all of them, or would you say that uh, some of them are maybe a little questionable?
0: Um, I mean, some of them may be questionable, but I can't think of specific songs off the top of my head. But <laughs> I think it's more so in our home um, changing room. The speaker is directly behind round cap, <laughs> so. <laughs> And I don't really have any choice to move it, so I think it's probably more the volume rather than the actual soundproof.
1: Okay, all right. Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, very little you can do um, <laughs> uh, about that. Um, and I guess uh, for people who are, are just kind of thinking about uh, the team or trying to to imagine kind of what it's like, like, like how long before a match do you typically arrive a- as a team, uh, and then kind of what's the uh, what's what's the timeline in terms of of leading up to kickoff for for each of you? Um, you're both outfield players, so you don't have any kind of special weird goalkeeping training you have to do. But um, you know what what's the timeline on on a match day for you guys? Once you once you arrive at the field,
0: um, so Aaron likes us to arrive um, to the ground for a two o'clock kickoff at about twelve fifteen. Um, he likes us to put our bags in the changing room while they're setting up the kit and likes us to go out um, onto the pitch uh, to see what it's like so we can pick what boots are uh, appropriate for that game and then normally at 12 team presentation that we do each week and then after the presentation we go into the changing rooms um, we normally have to about 5 past 1, get ourselves changed and so we put the music on and get ourselves um, pumped up
1: and then five past one, we go out and um, ready for the warm up. All right. So I mean, you you are heading into the the FA Cup this this weekend, um, it, and I imagine that you're, you know, you look at the opposition as much as you can, but it's it's probably slightly more difficult given the training schedule and and things like that. Um, but how how much will you and, and kind of typically ad- adapt your game to? the teams you're playing or is the kind of the philosophy of the team to go out and kind of just establish your style of play on, on the opposition and force them to kind of adapt to you or what's, what's that typically like for, for, for the team?
2: Um, I think we always take into consideration the other team. I think we like, we like to know that especially maybe they're stronger players. Um, no team we, we play really has any, any weak players. They're all talented women playing. But uh, we definitely take into consideration their strengths and maybe see where in that team that we would like to target or maybe try to ex- exploit in their team. But I think mainly we try to focus on, on our game and where we would really like to excel at in that game, really, whether that be through the wings, whether that be through the middle of the pitch. You know, it could change depending on depending on each game. But uh, So, yeah, I guess we do take into consideration the other team, but... Mainly, our focus is on playing our best game and and being the best team that we can possibly. Because when we play our best, uh, you know, there's nothing more we can do than that.
1: Um, I just want to briefly look forward, you know, past the end of this season, and and just kind of say like, as you get ready to head off to America, I mean, have you two talked about that? Since since one of you has gone and one of you is going, has there been any kind of exchange of have ideas or things to look for or things to be aware of b- between the two of you
2: uh, we haven't really talked about it that much, actually. when I first joined Southampton, uh was mentioned that she'd been out to America, and you know she said she enjoyed her time out there, and honestly, I think most people do. I think you can never really tell whether you're personally going to enjoy it or love it or hate it until you're out there. but no, we haven't actually talked about it that much, but I'm, I'm sure we will do soon for <laughs> time
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Lauren. If I had to ask you, what was your kind of, what was your favorite part about coming out uh, to the United States, and and what what did you, what I guess, what do you remember most fondly about the time? Whether it, and maybe something as, aside from from football related.
0: I think just the main experience is heading out to America and the unknown. I'd never never even been out to America for holidays. So, um, when I was actually moving out there, it was it was a huge huge deal and kind of just the whole experience and having the opportunity to travel while doing something that I love um it's just amazing
1: and then what was maybe something that you 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 didn't you weren't aware of when you before you arrived but you just said like this is I I could do without this particular aspect of, of of all of this
0: um I didn't actually go out to America to visit um where I was heading in Nebraska so I think that was I'd seen pictures, but when, when I actually arrived there, um, it could be, it was, it was a little bit different than what I expected. Um, not saying that that was the bad, sure. um, but yeah, it was just, just not knowing really. And, um, as you mentioned earlier, like the culture, culture change and stuff like that, but everyone was so friendly and, um, really, really welcomed me well.
1: Yeah. Um, it would be a culture shock for me to go to Nebraska. Um, and so I can only imagine what it would be like coming from a, a different country and, and landing there. And, um, we have a lot of kids that come, we have foreign exchange students that come that sometimes come here and, yeah. and they, I live in a, in a small town and it's, it's on the coast, but it's not, it's definitely not a beach town. And they come here and they go like, well, you know, I want palm trees. I want, you know, I want, I want Hollywood. And it's like, well, and drive three hours, and you can get there. But um, were you were you in or around a big a big city when you were there in Nebraska, or was the the university you were at kind of uh, uh, in a smaller location?
0: Um, yeah, we was like an hour from Lincoln. Okay, um, so I was in Bellevue, but
1: yeah, we took about an hour from Lincoln, so, um, which is quite quite a big city. Um, yeah. and, and what was your experience? I guess just. Uh, staying staying in lincoln like with uh, american football or american basketball or anything like that like was there another sport that that can kind of you became more involved with just watching maybe or, or uh during your time that you were out here
0: um i think definitely a lot of like um a lot of the sports that were available obviously baseball and basketball um baseball definitely and obviously american football um was great to go and watch I went to a lot of the games more locally, so for my university, which kind of people that I knew
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, rather than kind of professional. Um, professional teams.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron, you mentioned that you visited. Uh, what was your kind of uh, your first impression of, upon visiting the, the location itself that you'll be kind of stationed in? Because uh, I imagine the weather will be quite different from what you're used to um but but what else was kind of jumped out at you as you as you arrived and, and took a took a tour
2: yeah it was definitely um very humid there but i think just probably the size of the campus i think you can never really get a full perspective of how big or small it's going to be and i've never really experienced anything like that in england the size of the stadiums the facilities that they have for for college students was just incredible i think it's it's almost the same as what they have for a lot of, for a lot of pro teams over here um yeah but the size of facilities every, everything was pretty much bigger whether that be the classrooms or the, the the dorm halls it was but that i really enjoyed that personally and that's something that i really look forward to and also just
0: everything that is bigger
2: <laughs> yeah definitely it, it really it really is and, even down to the cars, just yeah. that, ev- you know, that everything was bigger and it was just taken so seriously out there, the sports and the, even the girls I spoke to from the team, they took it so seriously, which I really admired from them. And that's why I found it been going out there for, to um, obviously improve myself as a player and, and enjoy the four years. But yeah, the biggest difference was probably the size and, and how seriously they took it at, at a college level.
1: And I guess just to, to, to round this off a little bit, um, Lauren, you, you've been out here. If you were, I guess, going to give one piece of advice to somebody who was, um, potentially going to, to come out to America or somebody who wishes to play at that level, what would, what would your experience kind of lend you to, to, to tell them, I guess, to, to better prepare them for, for what they, what they're getting into.
0: I think it would be just be open-minded and um, be prepared for um, a great experience and uh, take any opportunities that you possibly can because they're huge out in America and um, I'm sure anyone would have a great time.
1: And then Aaron, I mean, I I find it always, I find it kind of interesting that, Somebody from England would come to America to play football like that that doesn't seem you know quite the thing, but I also think that in America the the collegiate sports offers you something maybe that that there isn't there maybe it isn't that step in in England for for some players to take so um and I know that a lot of players come here to the United States to play, especially at a collegiate level and, and it's a yeah it's a big commitment but I mean for somebody who was looking at 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 you and looking at your career and your kind of trajectory and stuff like that. Like what, I I guess, how did the, the the scouting portion of that happen? How did you wind up going to going to Troy? Like what, how did that even happen as, as somebody who's playing in England? And, and I guess what, what were, was there anything that people should watch out for in terms of, of people trying to get you to, to commit to places or or, uh, what, what's your experience told you?
2: Um, so what I, how I first got into it was, um, from, from being a young girl, I've always said that I wanted to go to America and want to live in America, but never really took it that seriously. And then um, one day I saw this thing online from my uh, kind of agency that they that they set up, um, giving girls the chance to go to America and get scholarships. So I decided to you know go give it a, a look, and I went to one of their trial days and spoke with the team there, and um, I was really interested with it. And the process is is long and i'm sure a lot of picking like picking a college to go to it can be tiring but it's also, it's a really enjoyable experience but there'll be colleges coming at you from from all angles whether you know but not all of them are going to be right and you've got to decide where where you want to be in the country you know if you want a big or small college there's a lot of things to consider as you would probably imagine when deciding to move away for four years but um for me personally, how I did it was I, I spoke to everyone that I could possibly speak to, whether, it, if they were interested in me college-wise. And then I looked at the college, my own research, and weighed up the pros and cons of, of each college, even down to things like how, how the co- coaches spoke to me and whether I could see myself sitting in, in that environment. I kind of rallied down to, to three, three colleges, and I visited all three in the summer one was in North Carolina, one was in Texas and one was obviously Troy and after coming back and reflecting on all three colleges you know, Troy it stood out for me and I, I love the team there and I of the way that they, they bonded and the coaches and how seriously they wanted to improve and push their players. So that's why I chose that, but it is a long process but it's definitely been worth it for me.
1: And then Lauren, I, I guess just one more thing, like, you know, you're, you choosing the college you chose, what were, I guess, what were, did you go through some of the same kind of decision-making, uh, that Aaron went through or what were, what kind of, I guess, what, what drove you to to choose the the place that you attended? And I'm sorry, I never asked you exactly what university that was.
0: Um, I went to Balvin University, so it was actually a, a small college. Um, and yeah, I kind of narrowed it down to some of the same things that Aaron talked about um so the size of the school um kind of what the ethos was of the um the coaching team there and um i actually chose balview because there was a lot of other international students there um so i thought even though i was moving away away from home there would have been a lot of other um young people in the same situation as i was
1: well um ladies i just want to say thank you uh to both of you for taking the time to come on the show and i hope that hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope that uh, as you move forward in the season, that it that it continues to go well for for both of you. And um, Lauren, I hope that you continue to to play, and Aaron, I hope that you continue to progress and that you enjoy your time in America. And um, you know, I think sometimes we get uh, women's collegiate sports on on TV here, so I'll, I'll look for Troy uh, over the next couple of years and and root you on as you as you're there. But I I always like to say before we we get. Uh, away is just give you a chance to to thank your sponsor or to talk a little bit about your sponsor because your your sponsors uh, for, to play for Southampton Women's it requires a uh, you know most most people need a sponsor to be able to do that because there is a cost associated with it and I know the team and the club are always looking for for additional sponsors so if people want to sponsor uh, a player or the team they can look in the, um, the show notes below the the links are there to to do that but um Lauren who is your sponsor and then kind of just uh. I guess it's two people, right?
0: Yeah, so it's Rob and Chloe Kerr. They come to a lot of our games. They supported me last year when I was at Chichester, and I can continue to do that this season. So, without them, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to play. So, can't thank them enough for their company support.
1: Okay, and then and then Aaron, yours is a company. Um, yeah is is there a is there a website or anything that people should visit if they're interested, or or, or who who is it?
2: Uh, so it's one of a kind, custom design, and it's run by two two ladies called Michelle and Emma. And you know they personally don't know me very well, but they've then supported me because they've seen me through my football, and um, they know me through Yeovil, and they've seen me play there. And they decided that they'd like to help support me at Southampton and continue my like, progression there. Really.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Well. Uh, thanks to them, and and just a reminder to everybody: if you're interested in, in and are able to sponsor a player or the team to do that, because the team is always looking for for sponsorships. And um, but all of your games are at Romsey Town FC, so uh, the home matches are there. And, and I wish you the best of luck uh, going into to this weekend. Uh, and I hope uh, you know success in the future, and and hopefully you know you've enjoyed this, and hopefully we'll be able to do it again at some point in the future.
0: Yeah, thank you having. Thank me. you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Haley Newman for uh, the epic piece of shit shithousery that she has inserted into my life, for giving me both a Liverpool and Portsmouth supporter all in one episode. Um, I don't know what you've started, but it's definitely something, and um, I'm here for it. So, Thanks a lot. But the, the, real, the real thanks goes out to Lauren Clark and Aaron Bloomfield for taking time out of their evenings aside from their work schedules and their training schedules and their matches uh, to talk with me about their careers, about their times in the U.S., uh, about uh, their season they're having at the Southampton Women's Football Club, which you can be a part of if you go to the website and look at their schedule and show up and support them when they play their matches. Or you can sponsor one of the players or one of the coaches because they rely on that. Uh, in order to keep this thing going. They are one of the longest serving teams in the Southampton area. Um, they're not this new upstart thing that uh, may also be happening in and around Southampton, but we won't talk about that now. If you're interested in sponsoring a player, get in touch with the club secretary, Amanda Burroughs. Her email is in the show notes and she can get you all the information you need to sponsor a player. There's also links to the schedule so you can go support them uh, whenever they are in town. As always, this show would not be possible without your support. So, thank you for listening. It also relies on a couple of other people. Uh, Matt Beeling, who does the logo for the show, you can find him at We Are Southampton on Instagram. Uh, lots and lots of good graphics coming from him. Also, our partner page is the Southampton page. You can go there for all of your Southampton FC news and needs. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, lots of good content coming out all week long. So between the podcast on Tuesdays and the newsletter on Fridays, you can look to that page to stay up to date with everything else that is going on at the club. You can find this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. We're at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. There's no underscore in the Facebook address. The easiest way to do that and subscribe to the show is just to visit southamptondelivery.com. There you'll find links to all of the various audio platforms where the show can be heard. All music for the show comes courtesy of the free music archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that you listen to right now is Aim is True by Pontington Bear. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week uh, after we visit Leicester City. Um, Hopefully we have something else better to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to say it because we already know what the score was last time. So uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And until next time, remember that together we march on.
2: Um it, it also seems
1: to... there's the dog. I hate the dog. I hate him a lot. Um <laughs> he does that. <laughs> oh my god. All right, sorry.